0: I was in a meeting earlier today where some very sophisticated financial people were in a room, and the overwhelming idea was the Fed's going to back off rates, but next year. I mean, keep in mind, they were talking about the Fed backing off rates at the end of this year. Now it's like, oh, well, the Fed's going to back off rates. I'm sitting here going like, the Fed has told you. No. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> not, not, we're not doing this yet. They're going to exactly. raise this, and they're going to hold it for a prolonged period of time. They're talking like June of next year now as being like when the Fed might back off. Okay. Which at least is a little bit more fair and reasonable. As, as I mean, plenty of, plenty of time for enough more significant hikes to come. I don't think you want to do 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation in a single year.
1: No, man. I mean, we're, we're, we, they had the party for the last 14 years and nobody wants to be that person flickering the lights like, hey, you don't got to go home. But you got to get the fuck up out of here. I do. I'm yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've guy. been that guy. We've been that guy. I've been knocking guy. on
0: Dave Ramsey's door trying to tell him to get the fuck out of his own house for a long time. <laughs> Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy high resolution audio. This isn't a different standard, it's the higher standard. Hello friends, welcome back to the Higher Standard podcast. I am once again the Jeff Goldblum of podcasting, aka the Sasha Baron Cohen of real estate, and next to me is the Fred Flintstone to my Barney Rubble, Mr. Wally himself mr uchi bang bang mr barry white himself he's sultry saeed omar well sir i'd like to point out that i was a responsible adult and didn't make fun of you in the intro for once yeah thank you
1: sir i appreciate you very much
0: professional yeah let's see see how long that lasts it'll last about five minutes okay so before we get too far down the path of making fun of each other i wanted to jump off with the world's hottest housing markets are facing a painful reset hmm and by the world's hottest housing markets, we're talking about Sydney, Auckland, Stockholm, and Toronto. Uh, I've, I've heard horror stories from, from pretty much all of them at this point. Yeah. But all of these are, are facing some pretty interesting changes in their economy, some of which dropping 30 or 40% in values already. But yep. to quote the article, which came from Bloomberg Business from Sydney to Stockholm to Seattle, buyers are pulling back as central banks' rates raise interest as fast, at the fastest pace in decades, sending house prices falling. Mm -hmm. And I want to pause here because this is so much of what we were saying before that was going to happen in the United States. And it's clearly visible in these other countries. Mm -hmm. And yet there are still people now with the rhetoric that home values aren't going to go down when they are, in fact, falling. Right. So to continue on. Meanwhile, millions of people who borrowed cheaply to purchase homes during the pandemic boom face higher payments as loans reset. Something we alluded to being a possible problem, right, exactly for many people now in the United States, we have a 30 year mortgage, mm-hmm. and most people I would hope got you know very low interest rates, sub locked 3%, it in, locked it in. they won't have that problem, right, but there are a lot of people who are currently looking at taking adjustable products right now, mm-hmm. which may have the problem in three, five, seven or ten years exactly so uh, already frothy markets such as Australia and Canada are facing double digit house price declines, and economists believe the worldwide downswing emphasis on worldwide is only getting started so why would we as americans be naive enough to think that it wouldn't impact us Mm -hmm. why why are we so hesitant keep in mind housing for all countries is a lagging indicator it's not just in the united states right so the fact that we're so willing to recognize this nationally for these international problems right is funny but it's a known fact now in a known quantity. We're in a housing recession. And what does that mean? What does it mean? You know, your energy level tonight today is real low. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's low. <laughs> no, it's not. We're there, I'm, baby. I'm going to need you to pick this up. Okay? I just called you Mr. Uchi Wally Wally. <laughs> Mr. Okay? Uchi Bang Bang. I need you, you to it. bring the heat. I got it. Okay, we're going to try this again? Here we go. Let's go for it. All right, there's not been one sexy segue from Mr. Sultry tonight. It's very disappointing. <laughs> All right. From Fortune, just a couple days ago, house prices are falling in these 98 major housing markets. Only 50 markets remain at their peak.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So among the 148 major regional housing markets tracked by John Burr's Real Estate Consulting, never heard of it, 98 markets have seen home values fall from the 2022 peaks. In 11 markets, the Burns Home Value Index, which I'm going to have to look up at some point in the time because I have no idea what the hell that is, right. has already dropped by more than 5%. Simply put, can I get a drum roll? I was kidding. Don't no, be boxed. Please don't be. Come on, let me do it. I was yeah, ready. Yeah, do not be boxed. <laughs> <laughs> the US housing correction is sharper and more widespread than previously thought. And I took the liberty of tagging Dave Ramsey and keeping current matters on this one. Yeah, <laughs> did they respond? They to did you? not respond. Oh, yeah, shocker, I was a yeah. little, little disappointed that yeah. they didn't respond to that. I but. look forward to the day. So yeah, we're here, baby.
1: We're here. This, this is happening. It's real. So, now the the age old question that people usually have when they want to get into the market, right, is should I should I rent or should I buy,
0: right? Uh, this is this is interesting because not only should you rent, should you buy? Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing more and more as a reoccurring theme. I talked to a lovely couple earlier today. who Was having the same problem. Is that the rent's getting jacked so high is mm-hmm. forcing them to buy, even as values are on the decline, even if it's as scrappy as it is going to be, with their money down. Right. They're like they were told straight up today. We're going to raise your rent by, I think it was like $400 right now. Jeez. And then in 60 days, I guess there's some loophole in California or something like that. Was it raise their rent at what?
1: Did it live in a single family home or?
0: It lived in in an apartment complex. It was a newer, nicer apartment complex. Oh. And it was going to effectively be like a 15% total increase because they were going to raise it again in 60 days. Yeah. Jeez. And they already told them. Well, they're able to do that because it's a newer build, right? Yeah, well, they can do it because of new build, newer right. building in the state of California. But this is also in San Diego, which we know from the last episode is one of the hottest housing markets exactly. out there. So it just goes to show you that some people are just being forced to try to buy because its, it's rent is so crazy. Rent is so crazy. So then um, I did a deep dive
1: on this myself earlier today. So I think that generally speaking for the masses, because I, I don't think most you know buildings are newer builds where they can raise your uh, rent hike that significantly – Rents aren't rising as fast as the cost of buying a home, though. That's the scary part, right?
0: Well, wait a minute. Let's walk this through. So rents aren't rising as fast as the cost of buying a home. Oh, the cost of buying a home meaning interest rates rising. Exactly. Even though values are coming down incrementally, interest rates are rising, almost doubling at this point. So what we're really saying is the doubling borrowing cost is making it such a faster. Exactly. So
1: data from the Mortgage Bankers Association and the U.S. Census Bureau shows that Q4 of 2020 since then, rents have risen approximately 10%, right? Since Q4 of 2020.
0: But I, I think as you start seeing the quarters come up, yeah, that number is going to go up it exponentially. Is. But mortgage ways. payments have increased by 60%
1: yeah, it's, it's, yeah so it's, that's you com- you just compare that it's like now is
0: probably like we've been discussing well that's why you can raise rent right is because mortgage mortgages are just that much more expensive exactly and they know that's that's their leverage and people rarely put two and two together housing prices mortgage costs go up right that means they can charge you more to rent because you still can't go buy a home at those prices exactly that's really the relationship that most people miss when it comes to rental properties mm-hmm. and unfortunately it 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 does kind of balance out, but it will balance out higher than it had been historically for rentals.
1: Right. And I, I mean, I really feel for people that are caught in this limbo of like, you know, what do you do? Do you sign another 12 month lease, you know, um, I think you and have just to. and then just break your break your lease, pay that cost. You know, hopefully they can lease it out within the next no, I 30, think you lock days. you walk
0: in a 12 month lease and you plan to buy at the end of that 12 months if you can. There there are 0% down programs. We know B of A racist as it may be. I put out there, <laughs> right? So, th- th- I mean, there are and there's 3.5 percent down programs first-time home buyers. I think you got to really try to plan to buy, even if it's not the most ideal set of circumstances in the next year, right? If you can, as house pr- housing prices go down, you get more home. You're still going to have a higher mortgage payment, but you'll be able to buy a property. And throwing away a lot more money on rent is probably not the answer long term.
1: No, no, it's not. But uh, for some cases, I mean, this that that's part of the game, right? That's part of the cost in order to, in order to get in.
0: I got a quote for you.
2: Okay.
1: It's a sexy quote. Is it? Ready? I mean, define sexy. My, se- my level of sexiness
0: or your level? Well, so- your voice level. Your physical presence it, is not as sultry I mean, as your that, voice. I mean, different. Yeah, there's a differ. reason why you don't have social media thickness. <laughs> when the last housing cycle rolled over in 2005, home prices didn't fall until inventory levels skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. This time around, home prices are falling despite inventory levels still sitting at 41.5% below pre-pandemic levels. How is that possible? Well, spiked mortgage rates coupled with record home price appreciation pushed the housing market to bubbly levels. Mm-hmm. And now buyers are pushing back. Or phrased a different way, demand without affordability is not demand. Is not demand. If I could drop this mic, I would be dropping it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. They, they cost too much. this Yeah, to
1: Yeah, A yeah, yeah, yeah. little here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But, um... No, I mean, it's true. It's it's we've we've been ringing this bell for quite some time though, you know.
0: Yeah, but I think what's more more important too is understanding why a lot of people heard the supply and demand argument. Is that in and of itself was something we wanted to debunk, but I think really breaking down how this is evolving and explaining why that argument was really really incorrect has value. Okay. So, the supply and demand argument at its core is simple as People will continue to buy until supply gets limited and then that drives pricing up and then the demand goes the other way. And it's just, it's kind of this interesting balance, a little scale, right. one side, the other side. And as one goes up, the other one goes down and vice versa. Exactly. Well, that's not exactly the way it works in a free market. Unfortunately, there are things that influence people's demand other than just supply. Of course. Affordability, the cost to buy something. If something is super, super, super expensive yep, and you can't buy it, even though there's a limited supply of it, does it even matter? Right. And that's the problem that we're in right now. There's a limited supply. But we can't afford it, man. Right. 60% you know, higher cost in borrowing. Yeah. I mean, think I I think I read somewhere uh
1: last week that the mortgage people's mortgage payments are going up like six hundred dollars a month on average, right? So it's like think about it, that that prices you completely out. You can't afford that house anymore. That the house that you used to be able to afford, let's say, like, you know, three, four, five months
0: ago. So Today is a special day as we record this, and this was not exactly in the show notes, but I think it's worthwhile conversation. Tomorrow is the big CPI print. Yes, it is. And I want to give everybody a, a perspective on the market and some things they've probably experienced at this point, especially if you're listening to this podcast and finances interest you, you've probably been well aware. We have reported that there has been a, an increase in the 30-year mortgage rates from what was around 5.8%, now north looks like 6%, and mm-hmm. it's continuing to, to rise over the last couple of days. That's really, really starting to be impactful for the mortgage lenders for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to really do something that's very, very clear to the market. It's signaling the pricing in of the 75 basis point increase by the Fed, regardless of what this print is. Yeah, exactly. So even if CPI comes back somewhat better, I think the large belief is that it's not going to be tangibly better. Right. If you remove, and, and we know that the Fed has signaled they look at core inflation, which removes gas, and oil. Food and energy. Food and energy. Right. right? So because of that, I don't think that any of us really thinks there's going to be a significant improvement. And even if it does, it's still far, far away from the 2% target. From the 2% target, exactly. So we're now looking at 75 basis points at this in, in, increase. And the Fed has
1: made it very, very clear that it doesn't really matter what comes out. They will be you know, committing to this, at, and to bringing it down.
0: It's funny to me that you did that and you didn't even know that was a segue. You didn't have that one ready. That wasn't in your pocket. I mean, that one wasn't in your pocket. I mean, I, I
1: had some information on this too.
0: All right, Fed Governor Christopher Waller warns of a third straight 75 basis point increase. Now you've got the Fed Chair,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who's now come out not once, not twice, but now three times, saying right. expect for prolonged, you know, painful periods. Expect for you know a large increase. We're going to hold the monetary. policy. He's giving everything except, except say this: 75 basis points, motherfucker. Right now, Christopher Waller is coming out saying 75 basis points, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want to get a name for myself yeah, too. He's like, Jay Powell getting all this love. So he backed the central banks making what is known as a 75 basis point move or a 0.75 percent increase during a speech in Austria on Friday. Mm-hmm. Waller while noting inflation was still far too high, said, "I support a significant increase at our next meeting on September 20th and 21st.".
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There you have it, kids. Right.: You know
1: what? and what I was giving this some thought earlier today too was you think? Yeah, I think it's from time to time. About yeah. stuff? Yeah, about stuff. That's so you know, sexy. About the stuff for the podcast. Look at you. Yeah. Um, it's funny how we're like, we know the CPI number, right? It's funny, funny how. Yeah, funny how. I amuse you. I amuse you. <laughs> um, if you don't know that, shame on you. Um, but it's funny that we look at this and it's another lagging indicator that we're looking to react to, right? Yeah. But I mean, look so therein lies the problem therein lies the problem yeah. right and then with that i think i just think to myself like we've been talking now you and i we've been doing the podcast for several months right i remember That's several months of your life i mean it's been fun
0: who said i was talking to you bitch I was talking about the listeners yeah <laughs> oh yeah wow, well, wow. Selfish. Yeah, selfish selfish
1: <laughs> so but when i think back to the first time we talked about the first 50 basis point hike right That was a big deal to us, you know, but, and then there's the 75 base point hike. Now there's going to be another one. I feel like the only industry that's truly that we've, that you and I've seen to really be affected by this is the housing market so far. Whereas before I would have thought that these hikes would have had a greater impact across the board by now. And we really haven't seen that impact yet, which is is, to me, which is to me, which is to me pretty frightening, you know, because now it's like another 75 base point hike and it's like almost
0: the message is going to fall on deaf ears well it should be frightening this is this is exactly why you know we were ringing the alarms and, and shouting the top of the like this is going to be a problem and so many i mean keep in mind so in the beginning when people were saying that there was very few people who have the economic understanding to go okay this is gonna be a fucking problem right this, this is bad yeah and the ones who were saying that were somewhat cautious because you don't want to be seen as that person who's crying wolf Meanwhile, the, the voice of the thousands and tens of thousands of people yeah. out there who have that supply and demand argument, the, the Dave Ramsey's, the real estate agents, everybody who's trying to keep this money train rolling. Those voices were so loud yeah. and so pronounced because they're trying to get business from you. So they have a, a bias. They have a confirmation bias from all the people around them. They have that water cooler talk. They have all these things around them that are just kind of drowning in this chorus of bullshit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they all believed it. They believed it adamantly. So much so, even the White House tried to change the definition of a recessionary economy. When Here's the truth of the matter. We all knew Mm -hmm. that the National Bureau of Economic Research wasn't going to name it as as a recessionary economy until a year later. Right. Why are we trying to quell something that we can't? Even if the White House never addressed it, we'd still be in the same scenario we are now. Nobody would have called it a recession yet anyway. Right, exactly. So all of this rhetoric and talk against it was solely political or aimed at money. Right. It wasn't because they were trying to stop something or prolong something. And that's what's so infuriating. Yeah. Because we've bought into this, it's almost like this hysteria, this crazy mania Mm -hmm. that we all want to know, we all want to know, we all want to know. Well, the economics were always there. Yeah. They were always there for us. And now we're we're a worldwide global economy. It was there for everybody. This is not a United States-based problem. Yeah. Now, it can certainly be exasperated by things that are happening in China, certain things that are happening in Russia could certainly impact our economy and make this a very prolonged, painful period of time. But even now, even now, I, I was in a meeting earlier today, and okay. I won't say the specific meeting, but where some very sophisticated financial people were in room, and the overwhelming idea was the Fed's going to back off rates, but next year. I mean, keep in mind, they were talking about the Fed backing off rates at the end of this year. Oh, like a p- now it's like, uh, pivot? Now it's like, oh, well, the Fed's going to back off rates. I'm sitting here going like, the Fed has told you no yeah yeah we're <laughs> not we're not doing this yet. they're gonna exactly. raise this and they're gonna hold it for a prolonged period of time they're talking like june of next year now as being like when the fed might back off okay which at least is a little bit more fair and reasonable is as, as i'm mean, plenty of plenty of time for enough more significant hikes to come i don't think you want to do 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation in a single year
1: no man i mean we're, we're we, they had the party for, for the last 14 years and nobody wants to be that person flickering the lights like hey you don't got to go home. But you got to get the fuck up out of here. I do. I'm yeah. that guy. Yeah. Well, we, we've been guy. that guy. We've been that guy. I've been, been knocking guy. on
0: Dave Ramsey's door trying to tell him to get the fuck out of his own house for a long time.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Uh, so, And it's not just him. There's so many real estate professionals who felt that way. And it, it's not a knock against him. There's some wonderful real estate professionals out there. There's, and they, they were the first hit. It's the housing recession first, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in a lot of different industries. I feel really bad because you and I lived through the, the mortgage crisis. Right subprime mortgage crisis for a lot of the people in in the mortgage space right now who are got families that are trying that are ethical trying to do the right thing and they're just getting crushed yeah can you imagine you were trying to sell mortgage mortgage rates before i mean in for for a historical perspective for most people 20 25 percent of your business is purchase business yeah 75 80 percent that's going to wind up being your refinance business it's a huge part of the business it's the overwhelming majority right that's gone away now. You're not going to refinance anybody down. No, they no. might get some cash out, but right now people are going to look for alternative right, unless, ways. They get unless they're out. in
1: adjustable rates, right?
0: So if you're in that business, you're just getting crushed, man.
1: It's soulless. Yeah, I mean it's it. It's a scary time, and you hope that people prepare for for times like this. I and mean, we've we've been speaking about it. Um, but what what else what else can they do? I mean, so Jerome Powell came out and he said we're going to increase it another 75 basis points. Essentially, is what he said, right? At the bare minimum, no matter no matter what the CPI says, what is he gonna like? What what we were talking about, or what I had brought up uh, several uh, episodes ago, was they're gonna keep raising the rates, but our debt is so high. Are they gonna be able to service these debts?
0: Oh, you mean the national debt,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So that 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 was the only reason why I thought that maybe they would pivot from it because I I thought you can't service this this amount of debt.
0: Keep in mind that's not the Fed's problem though. <laughs> yeah, the monetary policy is not. That, that's the government making payments. That's a different arm of the government, effectively. Yeah. So that that that's where you have these three kind of branches of the government.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not technically the three branches because it's not really your legislative and police powers. But let, let let's just call it effectively like police powers in in the monetary policy. And you have a le- legislative branch which is making these policies. Yeah. They don't always see eye to eye. Economists on one side, not economists on the other side. And it's not uncommon for...
1: Right, but you got to think on some level they would, they would work together because if somebody can't service their debt, like, okay, well, let's find a happy medium to make sure this shit doesn't fall apart. But to
0: so what end? To destroy the, the average lifestyle for most Americans across the country? I mean, yeah, the last thing you need is for this
1: inflation to become permanent. If it
0: sets in and it become permanent, that, that's a whole different set of sets. Well, I hesitate. Inflation isn't truly permanent, and it is transitory, despite how kind of sensitive that word is now. But it can take generations for it to go away. It will feel permanent, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, You know, and going back to the original point when I was talking about-
1: Probably why the same reason not to cut you off, the same reason why, you know, people think that the situation that we've had the last 14 years is permanent.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It set in for a prolonged period of time, and there was very little we could do to reverse it. And when it came time to reverse it, and you're the Fed, Think of the emotional stigma they had when they wanted... If they wanted to do this a year ago in the pandemic and anything else... Yeah. It, it would have been, you know... Right. It, it would have been political suicide, if not if not real suicide for a lot of people there. So, <laughs> I I get it. I guess when my, my point when it comes to the whole inflation thing before you inappropriately and rudely cut me off you're is... welcome, yeah. ...that I forget my point because you're a dick. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. Ah... <laughs> <sighs> Does anybody, any one of our five listeners, want to be a co-host? I'm thinking about replacing yeah, yeah, yeah. Zayid. <laughs> you can you can work the board from outside yeah, the, yeah. the studio. <laughs> exactly. Good luck. Yeah. You can go out there and work the camera angles. So uh, you you put on the show notes something to do with Zell here. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this one.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so I, I misquoted this earlier, so I want to make sure I read the quote right, which I have here anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zell is run by Early Warning. Early, early warning systems yeah or, early warning services yeah. well okay uh you know my reading has not gotten better it's your eyes man it's my my eyes are terrible <laughs> zell is run by earning early warning services a fintech company owned by seven of the united states's largest banks do you know that i did know that you did you, you before this yeah you knew that get the fuck out of here
1: no i did because i looked into it because i originally had Venmo. And a lot of people um, that, uh, a lot of like contractors that were coming over to the house that were, again, uh, I was paying them, they say, I don't have Venmo. I got Zelle. And I looked how into it. How am the
0: arrogant one? When every fucking time I talk to you, you came back from a trip from Hawaii, you got a pool put in your backyard, you're dealing with contractors trying to figure out the best way to <laughs> Come, pay them. No, oh, no, no. Like, no. how am I the arrogant uh, one? You are the arrogant like, one. Like, get the it, fuck out of here. It comes through the mics. Everyone can hear it. It comes through the mics. I don't say any arrogant <laughs> shit like you do. A little
1: bit from time to
0: time <laughs> you do. Come on, man. From time to time you do. I might talk directly about numbers, but you just spent a million dollars right there. <laughs> wow. A million dollars between, the, you, between the pool between your trip to Hawaii you come and the that maybe I got the best deal of a lifetime. You did not get the best yeah, deal maybe of I a got Referrals, okay.
1: commissions, all that. Yeah, bro. Come I was on.
0: there when you built your pool. They found another pool underneath your pool. You had to pay for that too. Oh, man. That was terrible, man. Luckily, it was vinyl. See, look, you're trying to change the topic. <laughs> it's vinyl. It's okay. Come on, man. You should fire your real estate agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Apparently, this is news to me. So I knew it. J. Morgan Chase, J., uh, Bank of America. Capital One, PNC, Truist, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo Mm -hmm. all owned it. It appears that most users, as an option within their desktop or mobile banking app and processed, how did I screw that up? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, look at you. Yeah. Fuck, fucking shit up. I can't Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Zell You can't no, type the and co- the quote's <laughs> fucked up. This is not this is not me. This is actually
0: the direct copy paste. So here the quote's fucked up here. Zell appears uh appears and seems to be preferred by most users as an option within their desktop. I added that by the way, It wasn't there. Yeah. Or mobile banking app and processed 490 billion in volumes in 2021. Meanwhile, Venmo processed 230 billion worth of transactions and Cash App just 15 billion. So Cash App and Venmo combined for 245 billion versus 490 billion in volume through Zelle. Right. Now, I think the key reason is well, there's two reasons. I actually didn't ever hear about Cash App, so So somebody hit me up today in the direct messages and I don't know if there's any truth to this saying that Cash App uh, appealed to more of the urban markets. Really? How so? Uh they were saying that they, they marketed to like the Hispanic and the African American communities and they hmm. were
1: they marketed to them? That's it was marketed
0: to them specifically. So it's really popular in like the South and in places like that. I, yeah,
1: well I I I personally had never heard of them. So I mean I guess I mean fifteen billion I should have. I heard, heard, of, heard them.
0: of them, but I, I didn't i would never seen a huge marketing push and maybe they just market to different demographics. I, right. I don't know. I i never seen that, but got it. So what I will say is that number one I think there's still something to be said for people logging into their banking application yeah, and seeing a service and giving that more of, uh, I guess, faith or credibility. Okay. If you're logging into your Wells Fargo app and you see Zelle there, you're going to feel more comfortable using Zelle. Absolutely. Then you are going to a third-party app, putting your banking information in or credit card information and sending cash from that. Right. So it makes sense to me that more people are like, you know what, I feel comfortable with this. Yeah, and I feel like... Uh- Of let's say Bank of
1: America, Chase, Wells Fargo, you name some some of the largest banks out there. I mean, these are people use these uh, banks, so of course they would go to them versus Venmo.
0: I mean, keep everything in one app. So I guess my question then is: There's kind of a two pronged concern. Are we as consumers being fooled by the ideology that this is because it is Zelle? It's not the bank per se. It's it's a service they offer vis a vis their website and the mobile app, but it's not actually them sending it. It's not like a wire. Okay. Right. So, are we, are the banks effectively lending out their charter, their 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 image of strength, which we effectively lease, if you will, from the the regulatory agencies? If we screw that up, they can take it away. We okay. don't own it in perpetuity. You have to follow the rules in order to keep it. Right? Okay. So, are are we as banks lending our charter to these institutions and, and lending our brand to them? I mean, keep in mind, Wells Fargo is also an owner. Yeah, absolutely. But so, are are people using Zelle because of the faith and like, belief is in banks? What does Wells Fargo and Chase and them get out of this? They get to fight other apps because here's the way other apps work is that if you send money to Venmo or you send money to Cash App, they, they debit that money out of your account. It goes into their accounts and they transfer it out. There's a float there in between. Right. There's also fees and everything else. Exactly. So this allows them to keep the money in-house and not have your money going out to outside services. Right. Because guess what's going to happen is they're going to try to do exactly what like PayPal or everybody else did is they're going to uh, try to make your relationship is, more is, sticky. Is that why they? So when they say
1: transfer to your bank account for free, it will take one to three business days. There's a float there. There's They're a float. That's a big
0: it. float that the banks can rely on. And and so and Zelle instantaneous, by the way. Right. From bank to bank, it's it's yeah. pretty fast. Now there are some limits as far as how much you can send and stuff like that, which can get annoying. But yeah, it's also I mean it's better than than not having limits right. and protection in place. So the other thing I, I think is interesting too is that I know that Venmo and Cash App are being looked at by the IRS to report transactions. But from my understanding, Zelle Zelle is not. Interesting. Because Zelle just perpetuates the transfer from your bank account to another bank account, but doesn't hold the money. Okay. So it's like them saying the IRS is going to look into your banking accounts.
1: I know that through Venmo at times when I've paid somebody, it's asked me if it was a service.
0: Yeah, but that's that's because of the way they tax and everything with else. The way they and tax, right? And everybody everybody always puts like it's family. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly.
1: It's family with, yeah, so it's like so that's kind of cash. a farce. But Zell right. doesn't even ask that but question. But is that is that something that you think that, you know, the IRS could crack down on?
0: Zell certainly at some point in time, I think that they could look to, if there's vendor payments, stuff like that coming I mean, through with there, this
1: yeah. with this eighty billion dollars going to the IRS?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the IRA as they've been calling it now, <laughs> the inflation reduction act. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am still not a fan, just for anybody who sake who wanted to know. Right, a lot of money was printed. A lot of money was printed. Although, uh, somebody argued with me the other day on um, on YouTube that none of this is printing money. None of this is really printing money. I was like, what crack pipe are you smoking?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But, yeah, apparently people, you know, they, they don't want to believe it. Mm. They're All in right. total total denial. And that's the kind of interesting thing, too, is like you get people who debate you on online about these these topics, and you don't always really know pedigree with who you're talking. It's very rarely does somebody have like a public profile. If, I, if I'm if I'm debating, you can go to my profile and go, okay, this guy yeah. like looks like an attorney. He looks yeah. like he does this and this, you know, whatever. Not saying that because I'm arrogant. It's just factual. Calm yeah, down. Relax,
1: you're arrogant Jesus. with your blue
0: check mark. Blue check mark. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So has anyone ever tried to debate you with a blue check mark?
0: All the time. Oh really? Oh my God. You know how many times people are like, you don't deserve this blue check mark. Wow. And I'm like, who are you? That's a status symbol. It's always somebody who doesn't have one who says that to me, right? Yeah. And then it's always like
1: you okay. don't deserve,
0: someone without oh, one is telling dude, you you don't I've deserve heard, to have it. More than once. I've heard that more than once. Who are you? I don't know you. You don't, you don't deserve to have his blue check mark. Jeez. And then I'll be like, all right, man, that's, that's, that's cool, but I have it. What are do give it back? I, I, well, the question
1: to that person would be like, well, well, what kind of person deserves the blue check mark? What does the blue check mark even mean to you?
0: Well, see, this, this, is, this is where people get it wrong. Yeah. I think they, they think there's some kind of like inherent value. That's what Your I'm talking about. Your account is no different. Yeah. Like on Instagram, where I am verified, right? And I'm mm-hmm. not verified on like TikTok or Twitter or any other places. And I, I specifically set out to become verified on that platform. Right. I can tell you that they tell you all, all the things to do. You have to be notable to a certain position. You have to go through a portal. If you have an agency, a PR firm, you work with them. Right. You do that. Now, there's kids out there who, who purport to do all these things and be all these things and sell your services and slide mm-hmm. into your DMs. Be careful you don't get scammed. Yeah. That's almost always a scam. Don't do that. But legitimate firms have the agencies, and PR firms, they, they have their their submissions directly to them and you have to meet their criteria. So even them who have these direct submissions to like Instagram, they, they have to make sure that you meet the criteria. Instagram were rejected. They rejected mine like two or three times for, before it got finally accepted. And
1: it took two years, I think. And do did, did they give you an explanation as to why it gets no, rejected?
0: They just, they just, <laughs> they actually don't even respond. There's like nothing to you. Like they, <laughs> you. don't. So you just don't get it. And you're like, well, shit, that didn't go well. Yeah. It's just how long do you wait before you try again? Well, yeah. And so we just, our... The firm, my firm, I worked with, they had a policy saying, "We'll submit you. If nothing happens, it's six months of work again. No to kidding. To continue getting you featured. To be honest in the press. with
1: you, to be honest with you, for someone like me who does not, who does not have social media, a blue check mark, all that means to me is I know that I'm actually speaking to you. That's all. Which we should all have. Why aren't all accounts for I mean, that's all it means to me. So I don't know why somebody would comment. Or message you saying you don't deserve this. The what is that? Number
0: one reason people hit me up for a blue check mark and I always ask and they're like, Hey, how did you get verified? That that question bothers me too. It's always like, Hey man, like how did you get verified? Who's your hookup? Yeah. And it's like, have you ever thought that maybe I am notable?
2: Yeah. Like, have you ever thought yeah. like maybe
0: like I'm I mean I don't know. Granted, our podcast has five listeners. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but maybe one of them's influential. All right. And yeah. yeah mean, exactly. One of them works in metal. Some, somebody You, know, you don't some, know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but have you ever thought like maybe maybe my career is I mean look me up. I mean I got a LinkedIn account. Which by the way most of these people on on Instagram yeah do not have a LinkedIn account. If you have a LinkedIn account and you're a working professional yeah and you have an Instagram it help, account It helps your cause a little bit. It helps your cause a little bit. And if you have an Instagram account and a LinkedIn account and you still talk shit. Yeah. You either be damn good at your job or you're an idiot because I can find where you work.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what is it? What I, I guess the question would be what other platforms or, you know, what other things would you have access to with your blue check mark that people who do, don't have one don't get? Nothing.
0: There is literally zero. Di- you don't even get an email confirming. Like, there's no, like, you want to, I don't think I told you the story before. I woke up, went to the bathroom, it was two o'clock in the morning. And keep in mind, it'd been I was we were two years in at this point, And I kept getting like these like, no, 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 you don't have the minimum criteria. And every six months we would do like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 articles, some of which were better quality, worse quality. Yeah. And we focused on better quality towards the end. And and some of that was just when you're starting to, to try to be in front of the media than you haven't been before you have to do some really shitty quality like media work like really small people yeah yeah, yeah. so then i went on a round of podcast stuff i, I did that's all how you of, l-
1: ramp up yeah yeah.
0: you kind of ramped up and then you eventually get people that are a little higher up and people take notice and then if, if you're lucky and i was very lucky you get some some larger periodicals to pick you up yeah but to submit for your verification that has to be within the last six months otherwise everything pre- before that doesn't even matter right so it, you have to consi- consistently be building up over time and then submitting. So I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it at this point. At this point, it was just like, that was the, the PR play. Like, I know this is a perpetuity what I'm going to be doing anyway for my yeah, career. exactly. And I felt comfortable at this point professionally to do it. I woke up two o'clock in the morning, went to the bathroom, looked at my phone, and I had a DM from somebody. I logged in. I'm like, what's this thing? And I'm like, I like kind of brushed the, you know, that morning, like, fuzz yeah. out of your eyes. And there was a blue check mark next to my name. I was like, oh, no email, no nothing, no call, no confirmation. It was just there. They're still waiting for their thank you card. <laughs> whatever the case may be but the account is no different there's no benefit there's no added value there's nothing now have you, the, have num- you the number one reason though that people hit me up for it by the way is so they can slide into girls dms no that dude i've had wait they say, so they'd say how do i get one and you ask why do you want one i had a very prominent attorney hit me up and he was like hey how did you get verified which Number one, you're assuming that I'm a piece of shit that I paid somebody off and just got it because I couldn't possibly. That's the underlying, right? It's
1: a, it's, ins- it's, it's it's a it's little insulting. It's insulting, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,
0: Google me, bro. I can't say that back to you because then I'd be really arrogant, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I just, I and can't then they screenshot it and post it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't be that guy. So, so I usually explain to people, and I try to be, you know, somewhat democratic about it. Like this is this episode, and they always want a cheat code. They always want to know how I can do it fast. And I'm like, it's a two year time horizon. It's a it's a significant financial investment because you got to pay somebody be effectively your full-time employee doing this yeah yeah and then you got to commit the time to do it and they're like ah, i don't want to do all that i just want somebody you know i can pay to do it oh my god you're like "Ah, i don't know and then so and then i always go okay well why do you want it and they always start off with well you know um it'll help me with business you're like will it really though will
1: it yeah that's what i'm wondering because i'm not looking for if for business i'm checking out reviews
0: it's for me personally it's always referral well the real prominent attorney said pause and said well It'd be nice to slide into girls' DMs
1: with the blue check, with mark. blue check mark.
0: What a you should have. <laughs> and I, I, I remember looking at the screen going like first of all, I'm married. Yeah. And I know shocker, spoiler alert. Yeah. Love my wife to death. Right, exactly. Even though she's grumpy as hell today. Oh uh, no, she's not. She's coming I've never seen her grumpy, bro. She she came heated this morning. Stop right here. Enough. No, I'm just. Look, it, let's be honest. We don't all. We all have good days and bad days. I've yeah. certainly been grumpy before. Like your little pouty face right now. Like I see it. <laughs> no, no. But look, no. it's fine. Like we still
1: conversation. I'm dealing with two sick kids today at home. It was a little. It was a little tough to
0: see them go through it. So. And God bless your wife for being dedicated to her job and working the whole day. But she's so dedicated
1: to her job, you know. Wife's a dental hygienist, and she didn't have the heart to cancel on patients that were looking to come in, and she still went to work. Patients
0: would want her to cancel, though. Like, don't you think? Like they're like, you know, hey, like you should go home. And
1: well, she didn't have a fever or anything. She was just exhausted, so there was no real reason for her to to call out. But other than to be there with the kids, Um, but told her I had it, got under control. Super dad on deck.
0: I'm not. I'm not. Kidding, yeah, what are you gonna do? you gonna come at, at no, me for no. being dad no, well, What's going on? No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Look, judge. I'm not the guy that the reviews say that I am. Yeah. yeah for the record, there's another one coming that came out recently that said, "You know what? I'm gonna read it. Fuck it." Uh oh. It said that I was spectacular. You were spectacular. Okay, I might I might be overstating that oh, a no. a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. But we got a new review, and i yes, for those of you asking, I do check every single day, and no, I don't have anything better to leave, do. Yeah, leave reviews for Chris, and they'll get read on Read on the podcast. <laughs> right On the podcast, this was by Annabalistic, which is a great name. Great name. Great name. Annabalistic. I've been listening to this podcast for about a month now, and it's definitely out of my norm podcast preference. But I don't regret dabbling into it at all, and we Mm. don't regret having you here, Annabalistic. Yeah, exactly. We love you. you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. So much. Sai is disingenuous, but I'm the caring one. No, the least sultry voice here. That's fine. Very informative. And Chris and Saeed, spelled right, by the way. S-A-I-E-D. So maybe, you. maybe somebody related to you. No. <laughs> maybe somebody related to you. Although your name is right above it with your picture, So that's uh, <laughs> <it's, it's> fine. <laughs> Keep it light and entertaining the entire time. 10 out of 10 recommend. Picasso. I like it. Wow. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to start using this shit. Yeah, we got, yeah, exactly.
1: Champagne.
0: Picasso. Picasso. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so. And I always like to do this. So one of the things that I found, I found out recently, that uh, you would think that we started a podcast, and we did some research. Well, we d- really didn't. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> probably should have done that <laughs> in retrospect. But uh, one of the things I found out recently is if you mention another podcast on your show, that's also what shows up in the you might also like podcast at the bottom. So that somehow like the algorithm will pick up the shows that you name. Oh, so, how interesting! So right now, there's so we should just start reading off all the, all the top shows. Yeah, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe <laughs> the Rogan, Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan experience is amazing. <laughs> yeah. You see yeah. Joe Rogan the other day, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what? so like, <laughs> I couldn't figure out why all of the, all the stuff that we had was like Mind Pump, the Genius Life, which is which is another uh, fitness based podcast, Lewis Howell's. And the uh, muscle intelligence podcast and like, Tom Bilyeu, yeah. the Tom Biliew, model health show. I'm mean, like, where is all this coming from? Yeah, exactly. It's because we kept talking about Adam. So this is Adam's fault technically. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He fucked our shit up. Yeah, no, it's okay. Love you, Adam. Yeah, he's hooked us up enough. He is no, he has, but apparently we've cross-pollinated our brand so yeah. much that we are now in the health and fitness category. Yeah, oh <laughs> maybe it's health and financial fitness. Oh we should we should coin that shit. Oh we just did. Did we? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we did. That's fine. Well, kids. You're approaching the 40 minute mark quickly and one of us forgot to remind the other one to do the Q&A section for today.
1: Okay, yeah, we yeah, that one, I forgot to remind you. So maybe I should uh commit to starting a social media account and I'll just handle the q I actually had
0: a thought the other day. I'll just handle all Q&A. No, I, I got a better idea. Okay. You hear me out. I thought all about this. Right. My wife currently runs the Higher Standard podcast Instagram. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. We can give you the login credentials so you can also log into that. She doesn't respond to people and she doesn't respond to DMs, mm. but you could technically do that and respond to DMs and she can still post the content. So you wouldn't have any posting obligations, but you'd be able to browse and message everybody and I'll be a part of it. Like engage that? as the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I know I came up with it. I mean, oh God, here we go. I am. No, but I feel like it here should be, go. it should be like a higher standard site. Well, we already have the username. Actually, spoiler alert, kids. We have the name. It's been in for trademark for a long time. It just got transferred to the uh, trademark attorney, I expect. Sometime probably this week, maybe next week, I'll get some kind of feedback. Oh, that's huge, yeah. It's huge. But as soon as that bitch gets officially registered, <laughs> yeah, the second it does, there's somebody out there who has higher standard, the URL on, or the username on Instagram. We coming for you. <laughs> I'm taking that. And yeah. when I come through, it's going to be simple. I said B. I'm taking it. (laughs) Taking it. (laughs) It won't be the first time I've done it for a client, and it won't be the first time I've done it for myself.
1: Yeah, they should have been on top of it. It is what it is.
0: Yeah. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at you. Yeah. I mean, you had a lower standard. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. You that? That, that, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. you're arrogant. And <laughs> you're the don't, don't, don't spin this. And look, no, no, that's true. If you're the Fred Flintstone of my Barney Rabel, that means you're the guy who's. That's only the,
1: because I'm shorter, man. You're you're freakishly tall. That's no, the only reason no, why, dude. I would yeah, not,
0: I would never be heightest like this because yeah. you're fatter.
1: No, no, it's not you're fatter. You dude, are fatter, dude. Flin-
0: Fred Flintstone is definitely fatter. Yeah, you're the Fred Friendstone of no, my Barney Rubble. No. Oh, I thought I was Barney. No, you're the... So, you, I've been saying so I'm taller whole than time, you now? This is how much you don't listen to uh-huh.
1: me, dude. This, <laughs> this is like this the is 15th time I've said that shit to you. Dude, should we get into uh, some of the Kanye stuff?
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're going to open up Pandora's box now. So Let's open up Pandora's <laughs> box with Kanye. <laughs> I've been watching it. I've been loving it. I've been I know you it. have. You're, yeah. the one that,
1: you're the one that showed me
0: it. I've been all over So Kanye he's, stuff.
1: I mean, he's really just... All, all this is really just a push for him to get out of his deal. Right. I don't think
0: no. I don't think he can get out of his deal. He's committed to Adidas through 2026, and he's committed through Gap through a 2030. It's like a 10 year deal through
1: Gap, right? It, well, they
0: so they had to be assured certain lengths of time in order to be willing to brand him and co brand. Right. him if They're gonna announce a deal like that. It can't just be like a, a small deal. We'll give everybody
1: a quick little rundown of what's been going on.
0: So effectively, he got really upset with both companies. He started off with Adidas because they had. A meeting about Kanye without Kanye is how he, <laughs> <laughs> about how he rephrased it, and I was like, "Me without Kanye, without Kanye." It's was, it was yeah. a song, anyway, it was a great song, yeah have, yeah. Uh, and then they released some shoes in colorways that he didn't approve, mm-hmm. and then they appointed a creative director who he absolutely does not like.
1: Right, and he's made that very,
0: clear. very clear. And he's if so, you, and if you, if you don't know, you should go
1: and read articles on this. I'm sure he's deleted his post by now.
0: Yeah, so he has a very interesting way of posting, and I, I think this is strategic. And actually, I posted a comment to his page about the strategy of him using instagram yeah and he deleted my comment or somebody who manages account he deleted right. the post is what you told talk- no and no no doing- no. the post is still there i went back and looked at it. it was it was my comment that was gone no yeah so it's interesting so they are clearly doing it by design i think but yeah effectively what he does is, is he doesn't just post to he doesn't post anything to his story yeah it's, it's all to his like feed wall and then he'll delete it so you have to constantly be monitoring his activity in order to to really know what he's doing because he'll delete everything and it'll be gone it's whenever es- he wants to.
1: It's kind of essentially like Snapchat or like
0: that's how Snapchat works, right? Yeah, but it's more engaging for the audience. He's effectively using Instagram in a different way and it's really, I mean, he went from nowhere near as many followers over I went to like I know, 10, like I want to say 14 or 16 million or some crazy number, like 14 million, I think. Yeah. He, so he skyrocketed up because he didn't have as many followers as he did before, uh, at least before. Uh, and. So his way of using it, which is you know, kind of schizophrenic, if you will, or maybe even bipolar usage of it, has right. really been engaging because people will know that he's actively posting, it, and it's clearly him.
1: Yeah, and that whole stigma ab- about him, I feel like he leans into,
0: you know? so like, A thousand percent he leans into. it. Let- let's be clear. The man is a billionaire. You can yeah. call him crazy. You can call him eccentric. But part of that is what made him a billionaire, number one. Right. And Number two, he announced today that he wasn't going to do any more brand partnerships. He's going to go about it himself. He doesn't want anybody else to to have control over his creative vision moving forward. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of billionaires. And That sounds like a kind of person that wants to get out of his deal. Well, yeah, he does want to get out of his deal, but at the same time, I think one third of the shoes sold, or one third of like the revenues from Adidas came from his shoes. I mean, yeah, so, I, I can see that. So he's a huge. They're not. gonna let, That's a multi-billion-dollar deal for them. They're not going to let that go. Right. And Gap, at the same time, Gap has had financial woes for a long period of time. They have. And, and he, in some ways, has single-handedly helped resurrect the relevance of that brand. Yeah, and
1: I feel like they've mishandled this,
0: right? They they, well, they
1: probably could have just rebranded the whole thing around him and let him run the show. So I, I think here's
0: the problem. And again, I'm speaking on things I don't know anything about, but just objectively yeah. from the outside looking in, you have someone like Kanye who is, considers himself to be a creative. Right. And a creative who really likes to manicure his brand. From when he was wearing pink polos to when he got into the design space. he was always doing the thing that was viewed as not cool. And him and Virgil went and worked at some of the top-tier fashion houses, and they were the the two African-American urban streetwear guys who crossed over and really revolutionized, really higher in fashion and a lot of higher in fashion now has their influences. Wear, right yeah streetwear is has now made it to high-end fashion but exactly a lot of the high-end fashion houses now partner with brands like supreme and louis vuitton and those brands because of their influence exactly because they proved out the value proposition to the market and more people wanted to look like them mm-hmm. than look like these traditional high fashion and now there's a huge crossover and they, they really pioneered that so right he has a, a passionate vested interest in that outcome that a lot of these brands aren't you're going to you're gonna you're gonna appoint a creative director to, to oversee his brand that he doesn't approve. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, exactly. Like, anybody's gonna get pissed off about that shit. Yeah, that's never gonna work. That's never gonna work. Right, especially if he wears a weird ass hat and has lots of photos because Kanye was started making making jokes <laughs> on his hat all the time. <laughs> that long. was so good. He's, he's basically wearing like a, a black like normal brimmed round hat. I uh, think um, I don't know uh, like a Jewish style hat where you know. Yeah, uh, like Yiddish style. What is, what is it? I don't know the proper vernacular for that. Nah, no, nah, no,
1: I don't know. But you can imagine it's almost like a new, it's like age, a hipster, hat a new age kind of? top hat, almost. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, it was like a like hipster looking. But anyway, he
1: wore it and it looked it looked cool. It wasn't bad,
0: but Anya was not having it. Yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy wearing this hat is not in charge of me. Yeah, it's basically what he did. And at the same time, he went he went at it with Gap, and I don't really remember what the the Gap controversy was about. There was some situation some There was some stuff
1: with his kids, right? Like his kids were supposed to be the ones that were. Uh, promoting some of the the clothes and whatnot and they ended up using somebody else and
0: yeah i don't really know i I didn't i i kind of stopped going down the rabbit hole so kanye started posting the individual board members of adidas and one of the things (laughs) if you go back in time was and I, i have followed this probably more than i should is is that he wanted to be on the board he wanted to be named to the board yes and they didn't name him to the board and there's other people so his argument is is apparently he's been trying to do some things in the banking world and looking for someone to acquire and that he's saying that he's not getting the looks and then he's blaming the relationship. So one of JP Morgan's uh, higher ups, mm-hmm. uh, an Asian woman is on the board of Adidas. And I think she's like the vice chair or something like that for JP Morgan. Yeah. And JP Morgan happens to be Kanye's investment banking group. And he's really upset that he's not getting the looks to buy something vis a He's there trying to make banking. the correlation there. He's right. trying to make the correlation. I don't know, that might be a stretch. He's also arguing that Jamie Diamond's never taken a personal meeting with him, which is upsetting him a lot. That's never gonna happen, dude. Jamie Dimon's a politician, bro. He ain't, he ain't got <laughs> yeah, time for all this. Yeah, yeah, well, he, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, he doesn't
1: want to be seen with you, man. Come Jamie Dimon's a
0: six-foot-four stud, okay? Like, yeah, yeah. People, on, s- people sleep on that guy being yeah. like, he's, his job is political. His job right. is not banking right now. But that being said, I, I probably know way more about this than anybody should. But it, it's fascinating to me to see his tact. Because there are times where I'm like, this man is extremely immature and needs help. Yeah. And then the more I sit back and think about this shit, that I'm more I'm like, no. If I were if I were a guy who created a fashion brand and I came up with some of these concepts and now these other brands who I partner with who are dying brand Adidas not so dying but Gap dying fucking brand right how are you not
1: going to let me have the driver's seat right I mean this definitely should have been something that should have been discussed early on and if you're
0: Adidas I'm a third of your sales why can't I be on your board yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean that that's a tough tough right. argument not to break right, exactly I, mean, I think a big a big part of it too is uh,
1: he's in constant battle or in competition. Uh, whether it's a healthy competition or not with, you know, uh, Jay-Z, who runs, I think, something to do with Puma's uh, Was it department. you who
0: told me he so badly wanted to be Jay-Z? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he so badly wants to be him and, and viewed as, like, a genius like Jay-Z, right? I don't know that I viewed Jay-Z as a genius. Well, he's a, he said he's a businessman, right? And he, he makes, you know, savvy investments. And... Okay, but
0: let's put it this way. If you were to take Kanye and Jay-Z and you were to talk about fashion, Okay, I think they both would know about fashion, but you got to give Kanye the upper hand when it comes to. I mean, this man literally worked in high end fashion. Jay Z has never done that. He's bought a lot of expensive shit. I'm sure. Ask yourself this question
1: though: From where Jay Z has come from, right to where to where he is now, to how he's able to carry himself, to how he's put himself in position—that takes a genius to know. The people in the room and how to conduct yourself. Yeah, but here's the that, difference that so. takes that takes a, uh, a huge amount of Jay-Z skill. I think Jay Z
0: is an entrepreneurial genius. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly my point. I'm so, him uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm <laughs> call, yeah, but don't, do, I, don't I, do that. I think Kanye is more of an overall artistic genius.
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And the most, and that's why I think someone like Jay Z is as much as he is a prolific like rapper and DJ, lyricist, right? Lyricist. I think he was able to do that as. As an extension of his entrepreneurship, right? I don't think that was in his mind creative. That was just business. Yeah, and I think that the biggest problem with someone like Kanye is like a lot of creative geniuses, like Picasso's and like the Van Goghs of the world. Right. These are really deeply troubled people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. In order to, to have that vision, to they're just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. where I don't think Jay-Z's different. I think he's just an entrepreneurial-minded motherfucker, and that's all he wants to do is make right. money, and that's his focus. Yeah, and and that, continue to he grow. wants right. to continue to grow. That, and I respect that immensely. If I, if I had to pick one to be like, it would be Jay-Z. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But do I think that one of them, I think they're different animals. Exactly. Can you be a different animal? Be it the same beast? I'm going to go ahead and minus one for that. I feel like that was a little cliche. I mean, shame
1: on you for not knowing that Kobe Bryant Kanye West commercial reference. That was a Kobe. See, I wasn't a Kobe
0: fan while he was alive, though. Oh. It was only after he passed away. We just lost two listeners. They're all related to you. Just go home and talk to them. (laughs) Bring them back? (laughs) Yeah, you didn't didn't mean mean that, guys. You didn't mean it. Come on, come back. Just remember, when you spell my name, you got to spell it wrong. Otherwise, he knows. (laughs) That's what you got to do. Yeah, man. All right, brother. We are 48 minutes in. You got anything else to say to everybody? No, man. Nothing else. Nothing else. Mr. Uchi Wally Wally Uchi Bang Bang Yeah <laughs> He out? I'm out Okay and just to be clear Okay uh, You are going? the Fred Flintstone To my Barney Rubble <laughs> <laughs> It's a compliment So, I, so I, I'm the main character Yeah Yeah,
2: yeah. okay cool I'm It's cool the with
0: higher that. standard I'm cool with that I'm trying to be a better person than you Yeah Because I'm not arrogant <laughs> yeah, Alright I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts.